Hi, welcome to the Scott and Paul Show. I'm Paul Wolford, along with Scott Edwards. Oh, that's, nah, fuck that. Still hey, do you drink beer? <laughs> no. You should start. Yeah, I should start. Three. About Three. to. <laughs> if this was the 80s, we'd do cocaine. It'd be a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do the Ultimate Warrior promo. Hi, welcome to the Scott and Paul Show. This is a show about pop culture. Uh, no, it's not. Well, it is. God damn it. We need to find a fucking about take. pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Scott and Paul Show. I'm your co-host, Paul Wolford. Along with me is alien, the Star Wars enthusiast, Scott Edwards. Hello. Hello, Scott. What's up? Let's do this again. Hey, Scott, do you like Star Wars? Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about that and a shitload of other things. Oh, fuck, I'm not supposed to cuss in this. Hey, welcome to the Scott and Paul Show. I'm your co-host, Paul Wilford, along with... Scott Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Scott and Paul Show. Yeah, God damn it. Hey, let's just... Before you take another take, let's just... Uh... Cocaine? <laughs> yeah, let's cocaine. Hello and welcome to the Scott and Paul Show. I'm your host, Paul Wolford, along with my co-host, Scott Edwards. We will be discussing a lot of different stuff, mostly crap that nobody cares about but us, but it's the most important stuff in the world. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay. Other than the fact that the Star Wars 7... Yes, Star Wars 7. We're going. I'm not going to stop this take. We're going to keep going. Can you Star add War can you edit in something that doesn't sound like you're stupid? <laughs> no, I can't. This is how I talk. Okay. By episode 15, we should have this under control. Star Wars 7. New name, J.J. Abrams. Abrams. Where the fuck his name is? I don't care. We're going with this. I'll cut it later. Star Wars 7. Force Awakens. Good name, bad name. What's your take? I mean... Has the Force been asleep? Has Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia not been really doing anything like a Jedi? Uh, have they been in cryogenic sleep? I mean, it does. I don't know. I mean, at least it's not like I don't know. I always thought Phantom Menace and uh, uh, it was kind of snarky, kind of oh, I'm so artsy and important. But Force Awakens is just I don't know. It feels kind of generic, like a expanded universe uh, novel or something. Uh, well, I mean, what was the uh, the two games they had? Force Unleashed. So uh, yeah, that's... Force Unleashed. Yeah. Well, did you see the um, read the uh, spoilers? I guess you want to call it for Luke. Yeah, I'd read something about him potentially turning to the dark side. Yeah, but how the spoiler alert? How he is the um, most powerful Jedi in the universe, and he had a 
go off into the woods because he was afraid of his powers. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Luke should be sufficiently uh, badass, but I don't know. If you're making him like a Super Saiyan or Superman, you run into that kind of difficulty in writing for the character. It's, um... Does Lucas... Does he have final say in everything? No. He's... When he signed over everything, he handed them notes and things like that, but as far as being... he's a, They can consult him, but as far as being the lead decision maker, no. He doesn't have a whole lot of involvement with it, is my understanding, that he is in a much reduced capacity, basically a consultant. Like, if they're trying to do something based off of his screenplay notes, then they can say, hey, we need a little insight in what you're trying to do here, which is probably a common question because that guy's on crack. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's his capacity. Uh, well, all of them, but Lucas is on a special kind of coke. So Space coke. Yeah, space coke. Yeah, like a... <laughs> he suffers... Lucas suffered from people that wouldn't say no. He's a great idea man. He's a he's he's not a bad writer. He's a he's a good writer really. But I mean, if you listen to some of these interviews, uh, like the ones they did with the former LucasArts employees, this was running like Game Informer. There was an article about you know how LucasArts demise. And they had this idea for a game, and they had this, all these fantastic ideas. And it was I believe it was taking place in the classic trilogy or the prequel trilogy, either one. And for no reason, just because he wanted a red Twi'lek, uh, Lucas wanted to pull the the Twi'lek female uh, Sith from the Legacy of the Force or Force. What was the one that was in the future from Dark Horse, the comic series? I don't remember. Ah, uh, the one with Cade Skywalker, whatever series that was. They had they wanted to pull one of her characters from 200 years in the future just because, and. That was kind of that guy's jumping off point, like, well, we've we're wasting our time here, and then you know nothing ever came of it. They had a bunch of canceled projects that they spent all this money on, and were mostly getting close to completion, and that just that was it. It was done. So, yeah, Lucas is is not the greatest decision maker. I mean, he had a lot of people helping him, but I mean, without Lawrence Kasdan or or his producers and the directors, I mean, would would Empire Strikes Back have turned out the way it turned out? You know, how much of that was him? And was it Irvin Kirshner was a director? So, it was... It's not always him. I mean, Lucas is... He's fantastic, and I love the guy, but he could have used a few more yes... Or a few less yes-men. So, thankfully, he's in a reduced capacity for the new Star Wars, because he's basically lost his touch. Well, what about uh, James Cameron waiting... Just patiently waiting for Terminator to head back over to him. Is it like in five years? Where he gets control of it again? Like four, maybe? 2016, 2017? Uh, I'm not sure, but it's in a few years. And knowing Cameron, I, if he's still kicking, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't mess with it. I mean, he's got the Avatar thing that, I mean, he's he's wanting to push it. He's made They made 700 and some million dollars domestically with the last one. He's gonna he's gonna push the Avatar thing. Plus, he's it's kind of 
Terminator, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it was close to his heart, but Avatar, he's like really pushing his, 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 his agenda on top of it. He's got a name, and he's got all the talent, so he's going to push his agenda and, uh, you know, about the ecology, the environment, and, you know, the evils of human beings and all that stuff. But you don't think... It, when did Terminator 2 come out? 91. 91. You don't think between now... And then he's already written three or four sequels just in the spare time. Uh, depends how much spare time he had. You know, he, he's a workaholic, and he did the whole. Uh, I'm gonna go under the sea and film the Titanic and all this deep sea exploration and stuff. So maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I'm sure he's got at least a few treatments, but I'm just speculating. Um, well, it's all speculation whether he'd be interested or not. But yeah. I mean, he's what three more Avatar sequels. Fourth, I think. Yeah, he's been how many years since the last one? What, uh, Terminator? No, uh, Avatar. When that come out? Four years ago, 2010? Was that? Uh, I think so, 2010, 2000. No, I was still working. It was, it was a little while ago, but... I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, sure. you know, all that stuff's big and popular, you know? I mean, yeah, people's going to remember Avatar, but I wouldn't be surprised if the next movie did like $300 million domestically. It was a good movie, and though it wasn't the most original story, but that's kind of a problem of writing in general. The people's been writing stories for thousands of years, so it's hard to be completely original. 2009. 2009? Mm-hmm. Jeez Louise, man. He's going to be like uh, he's like Lucas in Star Wars before it's over with. <laughs> December 18, 2009. Wow. Wow, I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, that's surprising. That's very surprising. I mean, I know he probably doesn't want to just, like, churn sequels out without thinking them through, but maybe he got hung up in the writing process, or knowing him, he's always on the edge of cutting technology, so... He could be creating some new camera techniques, that's why. But... <laughs> whatever, even if he does nothing, it's better than what we're getting with Genesis. Oh, absolutely. This Terminator raising... Sarah Connor from nine years old on. I mean, I'm not saying it can't be done, but it completely invalidates Sarah Connor's character growth and character development in the first two Terminator movies. I mean, yeah, I know they're trying not to be pinned down by the past and all that, but come on. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of people writing scripts in L.A. Somebody can come up with a story that doesn't completely invalidate character growth and development and she was just a just a girl just trying to get by make a living she's working as a waitress uh, if you know a little bit about the other drafts and stuff she had a date that night you know was all looking forward to that in the future and then everything just blows up in her face with the Terminator and Kyrie showing up and she has to learn to become a survivor and that's the skill she acquires. Is she's got to get tough. She's got to be a survivor. She has to take charge of her surroundings and stop the Terminator. You know, because Kyle Reese is he's there trying to protect her. But you know, in your I guess your uh, you know her being the powerful female character. You know, the man didn't save her. He got killed trying to help her. But she was able to stop the Terminator because of inner strength that she developed. And then in Terminator 2, she couldn't be a survivor anymore. She had to be a protector and a soldier. She kind of took on the role of Kyle Reese in a way. Is you know I have to protect John Connor. 
and she had the Terminator helping her. But uh, she grew, you know. And then you find out in Terminator Three that, um, you know, she's a soldier, survivor, and protector, and all that. But she had passed away, and she had set John up to succeed. You know, left weapon caches and things like that around. So she's very smart, very intelligent, very, uh, you know, just a dangerous human being because she had to be, not because she was raised to be. And being raised by a Terminator to be this future soldier, it just—it's just—it's just not that interesting compared to her having to take this role on her own. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a million movies that's come out where some guy was raised from birth to be this ultimate warrior, and they've not that they weren't executed well; they just didn't have that base interest because you already have your character. At their maximum, at the end of their growth cycle, basically. The quote from the article, Inside Movies. Entertainment Weekly, whatever. Um, Sarah Connor, Game of Thrones, Emma Clark. I don't. Which who does she play? Daenerys on Game of Thrones. Uh, which one's that? The silver-haired one, the young girl. She's got, she has the baby dragons. Mm, I saw one episode of the Game of Thrones. That was the, the pilot episode. So, was she in that? Was what show was that? Game of Thrones. Yeah, she's Game of Thrones. She's one of the lead characters. Really? But was was it she in the first episode? Yeah, she was in. Was she the one where her brother was playing for tits? That'd be the one. The brother that was all creepy. No. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's the actress. Oh God, I even have less hope now. Sarah Connor isn't the innocent. Oh, they got typo. Twist number one: Sarah Connor isn't the innocent she was when Linda Hamilton first sported feathered hair and acid-washed jeans in a row. Nor is she Hamilton's steely zero body fat warrior in 1991's Terminator 2: Judgment Day. Instead, well, 1991. Yeah. Okay. Instead, the mother of humanity's messiah was orphaned by a Terminator at age nine. Since then, she's been raised by, quote, brace yourself, Schwarzenegger's Terminator, an older T-800 she calls Pops, who is programmed to guard rather than to kill. As a result, Sarah is a highly trained antisocial recluse who's great with a sniper rifle, but not so skilled at the nuances of human emotion. Yay. Yeah. So I guess what we did is we just instead of killing Sarah, we killed her her parents. Because you would think that they Skynet would have a better program <laughs> because they just the plan isn't working. No, or maybe send uh, a Terminator back further in time so you know there's not hydraulic presses and semi trailers and all that crap. That can hurt one. Send them back to the old west. I guess maybe they can hit it with a cannon. I don't know what that would do, depending on the cannon. But ah, uh, yeah, Terminator. Ugh. It just it's downhill. You know, Salvation was okay. I, <laughs> they had McGee. That was the first problem. Uh, the other problem was is I mean, it was really apparent that when they wrote the script, they didn't know what they wanted to achieve. You had basically two stories running side by side that really had no good resolution. Um, it's just Terminator's just downhill. 
you know, Sarah Connor Chronicles on TV was up and down, you know, and it got canceled when it actually had a really great cliffhanger, and I was like, oh, this would be a good season three, and then, you know, well, it never came back. Um, but yeah, Terminator's just, it's a hard property to write, because it's, it's three movies of the same thing. I mean, it's, and I actually like three quite a bit. It's not one or two, but it's it's pretty good. But they're all three are a chase movie, you know. And Salvation kind of went the different route with, well, we're going to show the future war and we're going to take the fight to Skynet and blah, blah, blah. We didn't see the future war that that many people, not everybody, but many people wanted to see. And that was what you saw in the future bits from Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. Uh, and a little bit in 3. 3. 3 pretty much had the flavor right when it showed the future bits, other than... Uh, was it Nick Stahl was completely not convincing as a 50-year-old grizzled combat veteran. He didn't play a bad John Connor in the present, but I mean, they, you just didn't get that that great that look. It, it all looked different. It all looked like current trend future apocalypse. You know, it was bright and sunny, which I mean, I guess after an apocalypse you can have that in places, but I mean, it needed to be dark. People didn't need to be out running around in the daylight like things were okay. Uh, just like Reese said, you know, move at night, but you still have to watch out because of the infrared. I mean, that's where they need to take this and just finish this this loop. Just be done with it, and then you can start over with new characters and new situations, and, you know, maybe the Skynet's trying to be revived because there's some rogue Terminator units out there. Um, as long as they don't do the Avengers or Phantom Menace bullshit of, you know, Skynet blows up and all Terminators fall over and quit working, you know. But there's there's other things they can do, but I don't, you know, do it. You know, this going back in the future and and or back in the past and meddling with, you know, such great characters. I mean, you got two great female characters in my mind, you know, and I'm not like this feminist or anything. I mean, I believe in equal rights and all that, but it is kind of sad that really there's maybe three great female characters, heroines in my opinion, uh, and that's Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor and Clarice from Sons of the Lambs. And for action movies, you've got, you have Ellen Ripley and Linda Hamilton. That's it. Everybody else, they don't seem natural in the part or it doesn't fit or it feels forced. And Daenerys... Amelia Clark is going to feel forced. She already looks forced in the promotional material. Uh, so maybe I'm developing a really strong bias by my distaste for the aesthetics of everything so far. But I mean, another thing, Kyle Reese. Uh, he grew up in a post-apocalyptic future, having to eat whatever rats they could capture and occasional canned food that wasn't irradiated. And you've got this Kyle Reese that looks like a fucking Terminator. So, I mean, he's huge. He's buff. He's giant. That's Kyle Reese. It's, that is, does not fit the character or the time or anything that's happened. Unless they've got some other explanation, like he grew up in Muscle Beach, you know, until he was 25 before the bombs hit, and he got sent back in time and when he was 26 or something. Um, well, it was all the radiation pumped him up. Yeah, it was. he's gamma irradiated. Yeah. So, when he gets mad, he'll rip the Terminator's head off. Uh but yeah, I mean, it just—it's just stuff like that. Find a, a slim actor, you know. Find somebody else. Yeah, um, I don't. I'm is okay and all, but just not this part. I don't think it's right for him. 
uh, or for the character, I don't, you know, Jai Courtney decides what's right for him, but for the Kyle Reese character, it's clearly not right. And uh, I hope they don't drop the ball. What I do hope, because I've come up with an idea that can save this movie, you know, because we got to come up with something shitty and cheesy to where it's so bad it's good, is that Kyle Reese is in fact a Terminator, and that's why he's so buff. And the twist will be that Skynet is the father of John Connor. That, yeah. Not really, but I would have to laugh. I'm, and I think that would be a better story than what it looks like they're going with right now. That's a fucking Vince Russo script. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Vince Russo, there you go. And then, you know, Skynet can do like they did in Salvation, you know, reveal their master plan and be like, I am your father. You know, whatever. While we're not being original and we're, you know... I don't know. And the the other soldier guys that they have in the promotional material, I'm assuming it's like future John Connor or future Kyle Reese or something. I don't know what it is. They just, I don't know, their armor and their fatigues, you know, they wore fatigues and whatever stuff they could scrounge up and some body armor in the original movies. But now they've got this... this uh, um, remember the G.I. Joe movie and they had those crazy suits they put on. Yeah. They had all that plastic bits and stuff and they ran really fast. It was really stupid. Um, they look kind of like those except with a little bit of BDUs mixed in. So, I mean, even the, the design is just like generic. Honestly, if I could equate this to anything in pop culture, it would be a 1993 image number one comic of any random title that they come up with in that time frame. I mean, it's just... It just seems ghetto, sci-fi tech. Let's make stuff look badass. Like Bloodstorm or something like that. Whatever those titles were. The image had like 50 of them come out all in the same week. And they were all just generic crap. And that's what Terminator's turned into. But I am intrigued. I am intrigued by the uh, CGI Terminator and the 84 Terminator. You're mucking with the original movie some more, but hey, you've done messed it up completely, so why not go all out? They'll probably have the 1984 Terminator, which is a CGI Arnold Schwarzenegger, kind of like the Salvation deal, uh, running around in L.A. on side missions or something stupid. So, we'll see. It, it will probably end up young Schwarzenegger would fight old Schwarzenegger. That's probably how it's going to end up. Well... I could I could handle that, and but hopefully the rest of the part this time. But they don't kill off Old Man Terminator. That way, you don't have to keep trying to find ways to reintroduce him. Let's let let's let him live, or just kill him get, off and let Schwarzenegger voice over a CGI Terminator. You can do that, but then you know I mean, and you can't you can't blame Arnold or any other actor for wanting their current face. You know, instead of just their voice. I mean, that might be an issue, too. That might be why they didn't do it to begin with. It may be why they had to change the script. It may have been Schwarzenegger saying, no, I'm not going to do a voiceover for that. I'm still an actor. I'm still me. We're going to see my face. Is it the best thing for the series? I don't know, but you couldn't blame an actor for not wanting to do that. No, but... But I can wish that he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we're talking 2008 was when Salvation came out, and that looked pretty good. So I can imagine six years later, it'd probably look even better. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty awesome. And whoever did the the work in Tron, 
Oh yeah, I mean that, Tron. I mean, what was that? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah, it was amazing. That, that looked really excellent. So, I mean, there were spots in there where I was like, yeah, God, that's horrible. But when they were, when it looked good, it looked awesome. Yeah, that. Yeah, that was that was excellent. Yeah. Okay. Back to more CGI, which is all we have now is the. Complete list of the movie schedule for all the comic books up until 2020. Good lord. So, um, 2000, I guess we'll just go through this year by year. It'll be the easiest way to do it. Um, 2015, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant Man, and Fantastic Four. What are we looking forward to here? Um. Other than Ultron. We know Ultron's going to be massive, but Ant-Man... Fantastic Four. No? You don't think they're going the right direction with this? No. I mean... I don't even know if I want to get into this about Johnny Storm. (laughs) I'm just saying, John Henry, a movie about John Henry fighting, trying to beat the machine and hammer those spikes... Probably shouldn't be played by a white guy. Yeah. Well, they're they're trying to. I don't know what the hell they're trying to do. And I get that. You know, really, him being Caucasian has not been a huge part of his identity, except for the fact that he's been drawn that way for you know, forty plus years, fifty years, whatever, yeah. since the sixties. And yes, I understand that. Well, he was the main reason he was white was because black people couldn't get into those jobs in that time. It was a bunch of old white guys. Yeah, I get that, but that may have been what it started out as. But I mean, Superman started out smacking women around and and uh, being all super brutal in what he did. I mean, even in the original comics, man, he just broke people, and uh, he's grown into a paragon of morality. You know, so you can't. I don't think you can really hold what. Stan Lee and Kirby and those guys who, for all we know, unintentionally, you know, well, I'm just going to make everybody white. You know, a lot of people identify with what they are. Uh, a black person making a, a black person in a comic wouldn't surprise me, and a white person making a white person in a comic wouldn't surprise me. But we shouldn't, I, I just don't feel that we should be shackled by, well, it's got to be progressive it's got to be this you know there's some there's a certain thing about progressivism that's all right you know there are i mean there are certain things that need addressed but you start changing characters i mean let's make a white blade movie let's make a a, a chinese iron man um that's just not what the characters are they're not that's just not what they are it's not their person and um that's just they're not their identity it never has been and you're changing relations as well remember Batman and Robin, I know we don't like to talk about it, but that movie did happen, and they changed Barbara Gordon to Alfred's niece. Yes. Yeah, that's great. That completely changes everything. Fantastic Four now. Johnny isn't a blood relative. He's adopted. Right. And whoever the director was of of this one, I try to is saying, oh, they're just as much as family. As... He's also close yeah. personal friends with the actor playing Johnny Storm. No, is he? 
Yeah, so for me, I don't even think it's... I mean, yeah, I've kind of went off a little bit on the tangent of... Well, uh, I mean, the guy who directed Fantastic Four, the first um, one, he, he was... Probably just that they're friends. Yeah. Well, I, the idea of bringing the dude who directed Barbershop was because, well, it's the, the connection and the family thing. Fantastic Four is a family. I get that. But the movie still sucked. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And the second one sucked too. Both films, only one time you ever truly saw Mr. Fantastic as he was. And that was when he was being a complete and total prick. Yeah. You got like 30 seconds of this is how he really is. They probably won't even do it in this one because you can't get fucking Johnny Storm right. You're not going to get the rest of the movie right. Yeah. And they were even, they were going to have uh, a female Doctor Doom. This is this script was probably as bad as the original script we had for Superman when Lex Luthor was going to be Kryptonian. Remember that shit? Uh, wasn't that J.J. Abrams? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, and and that's that's tainted everything he's done for me. So, um. Well, it started. Well, as far as what's coming out, yeah, I've seen some movies of his that were that were good, but I can never get overly excited for one that he has coming out because of the Superman script. But regardless, um, I may be off base. I'm pretty sure that was J.J. Abrams. Um, I'm not saying that actors shouldn't have access to roles, original roles. They should. It's it. it if you write a movie about a, a husband and father, it, and it's or a wife or child or whatever, whatever the protagonist is, you know, unless you're writing a story about a slave in the South or about a uh, king in England in you know the 1200s, I don't see how you need to be restricted by race. You know, just whoever the best actor is and build your movie around that. But characters that are established need to be what they are. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that if you... I'm not going out on a limb. I think this is just the way it needs to be. Is if you have a white character or if you have a Chinese character or if you have a black character, then they should be played by a competent actor that matches that portrayal. Especially 40, 50, 60-year-old characters. Remember... Um, the issues people had when Will Smith was rumored to be playing in Man of Steel. Was it Man of Steel? Yeah, he was going to be Man of Steel at one point. Yeah. And there, was was Beyonce attached to that as Lois Lane or somebody like that? Yeah. Rap stars should not play these roles either. I'm sorry. No, See, no, not just rap stars, but any music entertainer. I, I'll say this, though. I'd love to see Ice-T play Batman. That would be awesome. Ice-T? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could, I could probably hack that, I guess. Yeah, I could go with that. Now, if they, you know, if we're doing an Elseworlds type movie, I'm all for it. You know, if you want to title it Elseworlds, and it's outside your established movie continuity, fine. Because I understand that there has to be some changes, but I don't know. I think they're just really dropping the ball in Fantastic Four. Okay, Ant Man, a little bit, a little bit of character change. Instead of going with Hank Pym as the lead role, we're going with Scott Lang. Do you think it's because of the fact Hank Pym is a, uh, know, is a woman a beater? Woman beater? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's possible. 
But, you know, and that <sighs> Hank Pym is such an asshole. Well, it's a different. Michael Douglas is a great guy to play Hank Pym. Since, yeah, yeah, that's since, exactly. since he said that he got cancer from eating out his old lady. Is that there one? you go. You could get you want to you want to have a, yeah. a, a a actor of a different race playing a character. I guess you could have Ray Rice from the NFL play Hank Pym since he likes to beat women. <laughs> there you go. But regardless, uh, Hank Pym's an asshole, and I don't blame him for wanting to go with Lang. But if you had the right writers, you could really, you could really make a movie out of that. It's kind of like when they depowered Thor, you know. Yeah. They, 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 which I think was a, an attempt to save on budget, that turned into a pretty decent script. If you got the right screenplay, you can make something out of Hank Pym and the wife beater thing. You can introduce his, you know, um, the Wasp and. Maybe establish a new, believable, excellent female action character if you get the right actress that wasn't somebody from Glee. So, you know. I think they, they did admit that. And the reason why they did the um, Fish Out Large story was because of budget. Well, yeah, I mean, and you can't blame them. I mean, that was their second every movie. movie takes a risk. But Thor, I'm sorry, the Avengers, yeah, we all knew who they were, but. They were pretty much kind of second tier characters. Well, maybe they were bigger in the '60s, but I just know in the '80s and '90s and 2000s, me growing up, they weren't. They were awesome. They were cool. But other than the Hulk, the Hulk was top tier. Yeah. But they were the next tier. The X-Men, Spider-Man, Wolverine. Uh, those were your top tier. So we did have the Iron Man cartoon, which was friggin' awesome. But as far as comic book reads, I'm no. I'm not gonna read it. Yeah. It it was I never paid attention to it. Now, Thor Volume Three is excellent, but I haven't I haven't read an issue of it in a long time. Um, it is a very good book. But yeah, Thor. I mean, he's always been one of my favorite characters. But that was mostly because when I was six, seven years old, reading you know Norse mythology, and these stories about Thor and Odin and all these guys and Balder. Uh, Thor. He was cool. He's a big old Viking dude with a hammer. Awesome. And then, oh wow, look, there's a comic with this too. I actually read the books, or read the some collected works of Norse mythology that was written for younger kids. Um, but I actually read that before I ever even saw the Thor character as a comic book character. I didn't know anything about him. And then I saw, you know, then I became aware of him a little bit. And then I saw uh, what was the movie Adventures of Babysitting. I got all excited because oh, there was Thor yeah. standing there. I was like, yeah, you know. So, yeah, I mean, they were close to top tier. Well, Captain America, top tier. But I just always thought, I always felt Iron Man, Thor, Hawkeye, Wasp, Ant-Man, they always just felt like they were second tier, you know. Just lo just a little bit lower. And, you know, if Captain America was a 10, then these guys were like 9.2s, you know. And then you had other characters below that, like Iron Fist and Blade and all that. But, you know. Okay. So, it's a risk. How big is the fan base? You know what I mean? How many well, people well, want to see Thor? And that was the risk they were looking at. And you can't blame them in that sense. And now Guardians of the Galaxy was another yeah. who gives a shit. And yeah. Print money. Okay, 2016. In February, we have Deadpool. March, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. May 6th, Captain America, Civil War. May 27th, 
X-Men Apocalypse, August 5th, Suicide Squad, November 4th, Doctor Strange, and November 11th, oh wow, really? November 11th, Sinister Six. So we already have two Seven months in difference. there. We have two months in there where you have um, two titles. May, you get Captain America and X-Men, and November, you get Doctor Strange and Sinister Six. Uh, well, Batman versus Super... Well, Batman v Superman, which is a stupid fucking name, yeah. is... Um, that's going to be the moneymaker that year. Civil War will make money. Doctor Strange depends on who it is. It is going to make money, but depending on. Uh, yeah, I think that Batman is going to clearly be the winner there. Yeah. If it was just a Batman movie, he would just he'd be, be the clear winner. If it was just a Superman movie, he'd be in the running, but he may not top him out box office-wise, but can, together, that movie is... I, I don't care how bad it is. That movie's going to make some serious bank. Mm. Um, unless America sees Ben Affleck's face in the trailers and they're like, wait, what? And then just doesn't go. Well, we get, we get that in December. So. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I like Ben Affleck. I do. I just don't know how well he's going to carry that part. He's going to knock it out of the park. I ha I I think he is. I think the I think he's seen the backlash, and he's shown flashes of being able to to ha He has the ability. He's just not consistent with it. Well, you got a lot of people out there who still knock him for doing uh, basically everything. <laughs> everything she done. Well, you did the shitty Kevin Smith films, and then you did Daredevil. Daredevil wasn't his fault. No, no. He already right. did it. The only reason why he did Daredevil was because he knew he would never get to play Batman because Schumacher killed it. And he's Ben Affleck. And he and his favorite. I mean, he wanted to be like he knew there wouldn't be a Dark Knight movie, but Frank right. Miller did write Daredevil. That's the closest he's ever going to get to, right. to playing Batman is, is is to play a Daredevil, something that Frank Miller wrote, which proves number one. How many actors in Hollywood even know who Frank Miller is at that time? Because you you didn't have Sin City back then. No, no knew it. But, not the film. But so Affleck is a true Batman fan. He has a fucking Batman hidden entrance into his house. So the guy I, is a fan. Also, I the fact that you got Snyder who likes to screw everything up, like he did in the first movie. I mean, Affleck. Isn't doesn't have total control, but I think the fact that he can sit up there and hold up two Oscars, I think he has a little bit more pull at the studio than if he if he if he goes full asshole mode and says uh, no, I'm not doing this, then he got it. And that's my hope. I mean, don't get me wrong, Man of Steel. I lean on the positive side to liken it with reservations, but. I'm hoping, considering that one thing that Ben Affleck is very good at is directing and writing. You can't deny that. The man is excellent. And he's he's, he's a decent actor, and he, he's had these flashes of, of talent. 
you know, if he can just find that and he's in love with the character, and I wouldn't be surprised that they're taking the Frank Miller take on Batman. Oh, they are. It probably had to, a lot to do with Ben Affleck being in that part, and I would say that came out of his mouth. This is the Batman you need because that's the hero we deserve and all that yeah. BS. <laughs> because I'm sorry. I'm about to go off a little bit here, but Batman is not a fucking quitter like he was in the goddamn Dark Knight trilogy. That's and true. And that is bullshit. That's what I'm talking about with these other movies like Terminator. You're messing the character up. Yeah, I know Batman in 1939 wasn't some freaking, you know, the thing that he has grown into in the comics. Yeah. But that is what he is in the comics today. That's what he is. He is not a quitter. Superman would lay down and quit before Batman would. Because Batman has got the same intestinal fortitude, plus he's batshit crazy. He doesn't quit. He doesn't stop. There's always another way. He will figure it out. Now, somebody said... Ben Affleck's a Batman fan. He knows this. So, I would would not be surprised if we don't see Superman lay a freaking unholy smackdown on on Batman, and Batman just keeps getting up, because he doesn't quit. I mean, he's fought Darkseid... He's fought Doomsday. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just what it is. He doesn't have powers. He's uh, awesome. His power is that he's Batman. That's it. That's, That's it. the power he has. He'll I'm tell Batman. you that. I'm Batman. That's his power. That's what he's saying. He's not Bruce Wayne. He, him, no. him and Superman are these two completely different characters. Superman is the mask. Clark is Clark. That's who he is. Superman is the mask. He's the secret identity. Yeah, it may have started out as Clark was a secret identity, but no. Clark is the man. Superman is the the secret identity. Batman is Batman. Yeah. Bruce Wayne is a costume that he can put on to accomplish his mission as Batman. Bruce Wayne died when he was 10 years old. When he saw his parents murdered, that was it. He died. He was born. And that's what you have to get. Now, okay, Tim Burton went a completely different route, and it's still the fucking best Batman movie. Up yeah. to a point. To a point. Yeah, Dark Knight Return. Dark, not Dark Knight was it. <sighs> that could have been the perfect Batman movie. With Except Batman problems. was like the weak link. Well, but that whole Rachel was going to wait for me. That's not fucking Batman. No. That is not Batman. Batman no, I thought Batman Begins. Begins Batman was a lot more Batman than Batman in the other two movies. Because that was the guy who was mad and angry and trying to find himself and yeah, figuring yeah. out what he's going to do. He was mad. He did, he did what he had to do. Off all the good stuff from, from Frank Miller, and then Snyder's going to rip off the rest of it. Yeah. So. Let's go ahead and get Frank Miller to write the next Batman movie. And don't get me wrong, I like Batman Begins and I like Dark Knight, but... You know, Batman's just not a quitter. I'm sorry. You know, the, Dark, time, the, the last Batman movie just shit right on his legacy. The one time Batman quit was in Dark Knight Returns, but the man had a friggin' heart attack. He physically could not do it anymore. Yeah, and he was still trying to do something. Yeah. He still had a plan. He still had a, a way. But there was no, oh, my girlfriend that's not really my girlfriend died, so I'm going to freaking uh, just quit and let. You know, yeah. And let the city get shit. I mean, I know that the DA and the police had cleaned up a bunch of the problems in Gotham, but I mean, come on, yeah, that's just my, a shitty way of writing that Batman wasn't needed. Yeah, and my leg hurts. 
Fuck you. My leg hurts. I can't do this. See, God, no one knows. Don John, you can be the next Batman. Batman. Yeah. And then even in Batman Beyond, same thing. He got too old to do it, but he yeah. was still controlling things from behind the scenes. And he still got his hands dirty. Yeah. When he had to. So even Batman Begins or he Batman Beyond kept everything. that character. He watched everything. Mm-hmm. Knew who was doing what, where they were at. He was still Batman. Well, he just took that... on the role of Oracle, but he's still fucking Batman. Yeah, let's just hope that they channel uh, Paul Dini and uh, what's the other guy's name? Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim and when they write the script. Even Kevin Smith could do better. Yeah, yeah. At least when Smith writes his scripts for like Superman and stuff, I read them, or read yeah. it. At least he was. You could see he had a love for the core character. Yeah, and you can see and where it was right. the core character was correct. And you can see but, where the, the studio was telling him, "Oh, you have to have this," because it just stands out so much from everything else he wrote. Yeah, the studios with these characters need to understand that they need to quit making a movie and then sticking the characters in the movie. And they need to start making a movie where they start with the character and then build the movie around them, like the first Iron Man. That's where Marvel is getting their stuff right because they're bringing in the comic book writers. The writers, they may not write the actual movie, but they are writing, sitting there writing the treatment and saying, no, this is not what will happen. Yeah, they're getting the basic story. Sony and Fox. Part of the character correct. Sony and Fox have no idea what the hell they're doing. I mean, the best thing they have for Fox is the X-Men series. I, it's the only it's, thing they have, and it's, it's, it's the only thing they have. And then, and honestly, I mean, that's all Brian Singer. Yeah, well, <laughs> I saw that's what it is. I mean, yeah. yeah, they have, and and many of their cast members are good. They did a lot of good casting. So I mean, but Brian Singer is is the glue holding it all together. What was the, uh, I think it was an honest trailer that said the only man who could completely write Brett Ratner out of history? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just the way it is. But I, I still think First Class was the best movie they had. But. I liked the last one. I thought it was the best one. And then I liked X-Men 2 and then First Class and then X-Men and then I'll just pretend Last Stand didn't happen. Last Stand had a good scene where Wolverine guts Phoenix, and that was about it. I mean, obviously, uh, Singer doesn't think three happened, so why should we? Exactly. Three was your Elseworld story. Yeah. A uh, poor, mentally retarded, Jewish, Asian math uh, genius slash quarter Cherokee former grandson of a black slave Wolverine killed Phoenix. <laughs> there, there's your Elseworlds story. Uh, is there any other protected class that we're that we are worried about? How, how I do we even? And, yeah, and there's it, and the two or three people that may stumble across this podcast are gonna be like, this guy hates everybody. No, I just say leave stuff the way it is for those characters and come up with creative ways of making them develop, but don't don't just change their core. How do we feel about Deadpool? Have they cast that yet? They want Ryan Reynolds, but 
the guy who's directing it said this movie came about because of Ryan Reynolds' love for the character. Uh huh. I like Ryan Reynolds. I I haven't seen anything that I feel that Ryan Reynolds was the problem. I've liked the guy since he was on what was that show? Three Guys and a Girl or Pizza? On Pizza guys. Place, he was a medical student. Yeah. Yeah, two guys a girl on a pizza place or something. I've I love that guy. My problem with Ryan Reynolds is every character he's in is the exact same character. Every movie he plays the same character. He's Ryan Reynolds. Enemy Bill. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's Enemy to that one. The fucking horror film he did. Yeah. That one he was a different guy. But I think it was the creator of Deadpool or the director of Deadpool. I think it's creators said that um, when he was watching uh, Origins. That was Deadpool. He was Deadpool. Perfect. And then he was horrified when he saw the end of the movie. It's like, what the hell did they do? Yeah, can they write that movie out of existence too? Uh, well, they did, I guess. Because when you look at what they did with uh, the last one, the last X-Men film, they basically changed everything. Did he go to before he got shot in the head? I imagine once that everything they changed history when they went to the what not the White House. I have to watch it again. I I watch it in the theater and I can't remember exactly. Well, I, basically, the minute that Mystique was shown around the world, that basically probably would have been such a huge paradox that it did shift the timelines. Yeah. Because when I don't remember when Deadpool became Deadpool. I don't either. One thing that that came good out of Origins was uh, I say hire Lee Schreiber back to play Sabretooth if they use the character again. I thought he was pretty good. You don't like the uh, kind of savage. Oh, I, I the actor is great. They can they can change the window dressing and make him more savage, but. The savageness of his delivery and his eyes and his when he fought, yes. Yeah. I really wish they'd fire all their fight coordinator or fight choreographers though. It's all it's all wire work horrible. Terrible wire fit. That's the that that's the thing that really holds the X Men movies back. Other than when Wolverine, not so much in his movies, I guess, unless he's fighting somebody like um, Sabretooth that jumps around. Mm-hmm. But like when he's fighting just like people, he looks right. You know. They did say Deadpool, Deadpool will be PG-13, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that because you can still do stylistic violence on the Spider-Man, Unlimited Spider-Man, the animated series. Deadpool was on there. That's like a, I think it's TVG. He was still awesome. And he was Deadpool. He flat out, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. yeah. And so you can do PG-13 and it's fine. Sinister Six, it's a Sony picture, it'll blow. Um, okay, let's go ahead. Yeah, Sinister Six is going to suck ass. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, I mean, I'm intrigued, but it's until I see Sony at the end of it. That's like anything not X-Men with Fox at the end of it. Yeah. Well, 2017. Wolverine. March, March 3rd, Wolverine. May 5th, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. There's your money maker for the year. Uh, Wonder Woman in June, 
in July, Fantastic Four 2, if it even makes it that far. July 28th, Thor. Um, November 3rd, Black Panther, finally. November 17th, Justice League Part 1. And apparently throughout the year there will be a female Spider-Man spinoff and a Venom Carnage Spider-Man. What? Let's go That's ahead and delete three of these movies from this list. Okay. You're not going to see Fantastic Four 2. Nope. Female Spider-Man or Venom. It's not happening. No. Until comic book movies go direct to video. <laughs> it's not happening. When Marvel's making direct to video, you'll see those movies. Um, they don't. One thing that you know, Marvel's building the universe, but I mean, they have such a huge universe. I really would like to see them tap into some of these other characters. Um, 2017 is probably not long enough to wipe away the the horror that was Venom in Spider-Man 3. They should wait till about 2027 to make that movie. Um, Thor Ragnarok. I like the title because I know what Ragnarok is. So hopefully, I'm going to see some. You know, throw down in in uh, the ninth world or whatever it's called. Uh, as much as I know that character, I, it, the name is escaping me. I'm having a brain fart. Um, I want to say Valhalla, but Midgard. Yeah, Midgard. Right? Midgard's Earth. Midgard's Earth. Jesus Christ! I'm not. I'm. I'm just. I just lost any sort of cred that I had. He, he lives in Asgard. Asgard, yeah, Asgard. Yeah, Asgardians. See, I knew what I was talking about. Anyways, uh, Untitled Wolverine sequel, I wonder where they're going with that. I want to see. So That should be his final. I like the last Wolverine movie. I thought it was pretty good. Shouldn't that be Jackman's final Wolverine film? Uh, he said that, but in interviews and stuff after that, it doesn't sound like that anymore. So, I guess as long as they pay him, he looks good. He, Pull apart, and honestly, Wolverine can age. You know, there's not a problem with that. They can make Wolverine movies till Hugh Jackman falls over if people pay the tickets for it. So I guess that's what they're going to be doing. With I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I still haven't seen part one. Uh, really? No, with vacations and family and yeah. having to travel for work, I just didn't get a chance to. And I did have a chance. I just wanted to sit home with my kids and. Like play, like go outside and do stuff. Um, I believe the DVD. I hate myself for not watching Guardians of the Galaxy because I was extremely excited about it. It was good, and I hear second or third best Marvel film. So, because Rocket Raccoon is he just he butters my biscuit. Just saying. (laughs) Um, My kids don't know; they didn't know who the hell Guardians of the Galaxy were. Most people bottom. Most people don't. And uh, I'd have been hard-pressed to name them all without having to sit and really think about it. Um, we bought him, like, the Marvel pack that had all the characters in it, and Owen always uses Rocket Raccoon when we play um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. And, uh, you know, they know the characters a little bit because of that, I guess, but, like, uh, Star-Lord and all that, they don't really know much about them. So, you know, I want to, I want to introduce them, but I've always loved the characters. I was aware of them, but... Um, especially Rocket Raccoon. You know, he's a talking machine gun toting, laser gun toting raccoon. So uh, I wasn't too much a fan of the voice. I wanted him to have more of a distinct. Voice. For some reason, I'd picture Rocket Raccoon having an Australian accent. 
I don't know why. Like uh, X-Men and Kenny Pride cartoon back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, with Wolverine being all Australian. It's just like, what? But I don't Which know. I guess some... When it originally came out, if you weren't familiar with the character, it wouldn't really make a difference. But I don't know. For some reason, I just... But other than that, the movie was, was fun. Um, Wonder Woman... If the if if the if the if the actor can carry the part, awesome. But they're gonna have to write the right movie. Period. Um, the last I'm gonna have to say with progressivism, uh, last, you know, the word many times. That outfit's not gonna work in that movie. I just don't believe it. Well, it's gonna be a period piece. It's supposed to be set in twenties. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I can't see a Wonder Woman film working in the 1920s level and work now, considering who they had. Then it pisses me off so much is you could have had a Wonder Woman series. Oh, yeah. But they said no. So Josh Whedon said, okay, well, fuck you. I'm going to go and make a billion-dollar franchise. Okay, yeah, you go have fun with that. You don't know anything. Okay. So he went he made Avengers, and Wonder Woman's been... Fucked ever since. Yeah, and uh, I sure as hell don't have hope with uh, Batman v Superman with her character. I don't like who they casted. No offense to the woman, right? But look, you got at least. Why would you spend so much time trying to get the perfect looking guy to play Superman, a physical Adonis, and then you Affleck's not really. The right size, but he's he's getting he's getting pretty buff. But Kristen Bell was a perfect size. This yeah. everything else he he failed at. But the um that was script and electronic voice modulation too. But he was all him. <laughs> but but however, he's not the same size as he was then, so I can say that I'm not scared. Yeah, <laughs> he's not Batman size anymore. I think we can take him. Of course, he probably has access to good cocaine, so he can probably he can probably go a little bit longer than this. Black Panther, about fucking time. Oh yeah, did you Max watch the one. the um the ET series they had? No, it was awesome. I'm aware of it, but I have not sat down and watched it. It might be on Netflix. It was at one time. I know I one thing though. I'm gonna boycott Black Panther if it's not played by a, a white Jewish guy. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, why can't a white Jewish guy play Black Panther? Uh, well, I'm available, so we can. So, I bet, yeah, I'm extremely excited for Black Panther because I love the character and um, Wakanda and all that stuff. I want to see that because Black Panther's awesome. Period. I saw, I can't remember what website it was. I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was Time or MSNBC or something, and they was like, it's the first black character in a Marvel movie. I was like, no, no, <laughs> I can name a couple. <laughs> <laughs> One, we had three Blade movies before we had any of these other ones. Uh, well, not all of them, but most of them. And then, uh, I don't know if I know who Samuel Jackson is, but he's been pretty pretty big in yeah. a bunch of them. So, but yeah, your, your mainstream superhero, because Nick Fury was kind of an accessory character in the comics yeah. uh, until Ultimates, really. And uh, But Black Panther, you know, he's, a little kind of, he's second tier and all, but he's awesome. He's cool. It's kind of all the same. Yeah, it's kind of all they got. Second tier characters. Yeah, they've already got everybody else signed. Yeah, 
Okay, well, Justice League. If Batman Superman works, this should work. But um, is Snyder doing Justice League? I I believe so, but I can't swear to it. But I'll tell you what I do want to see is, while we're on the topic of race, is I want to see a black Green Lantern. Give me John. John Stewart. Yeah, because he's the best Green Lantern, period. I don't give a shit. That's my what? favorite one. Love him. Not Hal Jordan? Nope, not Hal Jordan. I've seen a million Hal Jordans. But John Stewart, I, I just like the character. He's a no-nonsense cop, basically, with a ring. I mean, it, it. I just like the character. I mean, not that I dislike Hal Jordan. I think he's awesome, but... Um, you're going to have, for one, you're going to have, uh, I'm assuming they're going to have the Flash. So there's your mouthy one, if you need one. Uh, Superman, you know, he's he's fairly serious, but he's the whole, uh, the Boy Scout and always super optimistic. Then you got Batman, who's always plotting to kill everybody. And then um, you'll have Wonder Woman and her, you know, I am the Amazonian Princess stuff she's gonna be going through. So you'll have your, your straight shooter cop type figure. I think he'd I think he'd I think he bounced the out well as a character. And uh well cyborg's in there too. Eh cyborg. Yeah. Forgot he's, about he's it. basically Oracle. Okay. Yeah, give me a yeah, give me a Chinese cyborg and I'm good. <laughs> well you're really on to the race. We we probably should have skipped the entire Yeah but I'm promoting Black Panther and John Stewart. I'm just saying. Just saying. 2018. Instead of a raccoon, can we not get a badger? To yes. play rocket raccoon? Or a frog. Yeah, or what's in the like a tanuki? You know, I'm just saying. Yeah. Why, why has it got to be a raccoon? Why can't, rock, why can't rocket raccoon be a badger or a beaver or something? Rocket raccoon because that's his name, but. And then he could be like, uh, him and Groot could be like college roommates or something. Well, his name isn't even... Change of relationships while we're at it, because, you know, those aren't important. His name's Rocket. Yeah. And Scott has his daddy. He doesn't know what a raccoon is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, he didn't see the movie yet, but... Yeah. December, you'll see it. Well, I'm just saying, maybe Earth's raccoons haven't evolved to his point yet. That's why he's not familiar. Sorry. 2018. In March, we have The Flash. I'm not sure if that's Barry or Wally. Who are we getting in Batman? Is it Wally or... I'm not sure. I probably should look that up. Avengers Infinity War Part 1 is in March. No, May, sorry. In July, Captain Marvel. Um, excited for that. It's The Rock, so it's going to be good. July 13th, there's an untitled Fox Mystery Marvel film. What the hell is that? July 27th, Iron Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman's no, a good movie. No, Iron Fist is going to um, Netflix. Iron Fist and... Oh, that's Trash. right. You're right. You're right. Aquaman. So Marvel... Or not Marvel, but... Uh, it has to be going direct to video. <laughs> November 2nd, Inhumans. And <laughs> apparently they believe that sometime in 2018 there will be a Spider-Man 3. That is if Sony hasn't already 
went to Marvel and said, uh, you want to buy Spider-Man back? They, uh, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I mean, it had its moments, but wow. Well, they're waiting in 2018 for Spider-Man 3. That's pretty, that's far out there. Yeah. I guess they think that when they throw in the Sinister Six, it's going to build back up the launch for Spider-Man 3. It's not. The I like the Sinister Six in the comics, but the problem with the Spider-Man movies, the primary problem is usually too many vil villains. Also, I need to correct, correct myself. I said Captain Marvel July 6th. I said Rock. Wrong Captain Marvel. <laughs> this is the one with the chick. <laughs> this is the this is the actual real Marvel. Yeah, yeah, that's the one with the female. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. just true. Not just true, goddamn. Her name is Captain Marvel you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. That comes... Sorry, I'm see what I'm so in my true roots here. I'm old school. I remember him before when he was Captain Marvel. Well, yeah, okay. well, I think of a top tier comic character called Captain Marvel. It's not, it's not her. It's not Carol Danvers. Yeah, I'm, I, I prefer her to be Miss Marvel, but I guess. Oh my gosh, you misogynist! I have misogynist. A... You hate women. It's a, it's so clear now. I feel better too. Um, I I always heard of her as Miss Marvel. It's just so I didn't know any better. So yeah, it takes me a second to kind of wrap my head around. Okay, different character. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I know in the I'm actually excited for that one too because I like that character. Oh, I always I always liked her. Aquaman, I'm not excited for. Inhumans, that's going to be another one. Of Unless it's well. a um, an Apache um, female playing Aquaman, then I'll probably be all right. Ooh, or an Inuit. Let's get an Inuit Aquaman. We'll still call it Aquaman, but it'll be a female. Yeah. And it's Superman's Kryptonian cousin. I'm sorry, I'm still going off on that. <laughs> so. We got um I don't know what that untitled Fox Mystery Marvel film could be. I don't know what other properties they have. Well, they have a lot. There's X Factor, X Force. They're not going to go yeah, with another. I bet it's X Factor, X Force. What was that shitty TV series they had? Well, who does Fox have the rights to besides just the X Men? Which X Men do they have the rights to? Because not every X Man. I mean, they didn't get the rights to everyone that's been an X Man, right? I think they get all the mutants. They Plus, get the rights to all the mutants? Yeah, that's why they can't even mention. Um, well, see, honestly, they got Scarlet Witch though. Silver Scarlet Witch though. But they're not allowed to refer to them as mutants. They can't say mutants. Oh, really? I yeah. wasn't aware of that. Yeah. The, oh my gosh, Fox, get out of the way. Yeah, and then the. Because um, I've seen Aaron Tyler Johnson as Quicksilver. And uh, I'll, I'll say I will say Fox has a better Quicksilver, but that's it. Yeah. Now the um, that's the only thing they can say. Well, our Quicksilver is better, but yeah, our movies are typically better. So. Yeah, and uh, I can't verify this, but I heard this on another podcast. Disney kind of laid down the law to Marvel, even though they said we're not going to get involved in any of your. Uh, your writings, just don't do what you need to do. That's that's why we bought you because of you can do it yourself. But they told them you cannot create 
any new mutants from here on in now. Because the minute you do that, it becomes part of the Fox's, um, I guess, they can pick and choose from mutant lineup. So you make a new X-Men character, you're giving Fox money. Don't do that. So wow. No more, so I did no not more know that. Yeah. If I was Disney, I would just be like, listen, here's some money, and uh, think long term. Makes yeah, think, think long term. Yeah, the next few years you probably won't make back. But one of your competitors won't have a cash cow. I mean, no X-Men doesn't make a billion dollars worldwide, but they make money. Wolverine makes money. They they make money. So take a property from one of your competitors and buy it back, whatever you got to do. But they're going to have to wait. and They're probably not going to get that opportunity until those movies flop somewhere. Then they might have a chance. But man, I wish Fox didn't have them anymore. Yeah, I mean, look what they've done with Alien. Don't even get me started. Just I'm not. I didn't even say that because I got stuff to do. I can't sit on here for the next four hours, bitch, about Fox and aliens. It's <laughs> like some of these guys a bitch about Star Wars Episode One. Um, let's see, Shazam in 2019, uh, Avengers: Infinity War Part Two, and Justice League Part Two. Oh, back to Justice League. Well, we're on part two here. It fits with part one. Um, yeah, they Justice League. I mean, who's the villain? Is it going to be Darkseid? And what? The Justice League movies. I uh, say Luthor will probably have. Uh, he's going to have a significant role. Don't get me wrong, but well, apparently he's supposed to also be in the damn Suicide Squad film, and that's where they're going to introduce Joker and, and Harley Quinn. No, okay. Which uh, is weird. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Here it is. There's Desparo. There's. Um, this is off of the comic board. This is uh, comicboard.com. Something unreported, however, until now, was when asked about creating new characters. Chris Claremont said. I have to say, quite honestly, as I understand it now, the X department is forbidden to create new characters. Well, who owns them? All because of all new characters become the film property of Fox. There will be no new X-Men merchandising for the foreseeable future because why promote Fox material? 42 minutes in, but you should listen to the whole thing. Chris Claremont currently writes the X-Men comic book Nightcrawler with a new issue out tomorrow. This was in October 7, 2014. Um, wow. Here's Let me go back to the actual source. That was from Bleeding Cool. Yeah, they need to bring back Nightcrawler. So, he was good. Can't figure out why they never let it, why they okay, let it go. Okay, it was on the Nerdist podcast is when he... Um, he stated that. So, yeah. Okay. I just want to clarify that. Okay, so we are in, what, 2019? 19. Yeah, okay. I just I just hope they have a really good good bad guy. The only thing about using Darkseid is you're going to have that Thanos comparison. And... Well, I say Thanos will probably play out in... The thing is, they have a year advantage if... Justice League Part 1 comes out in 2017 and they have Darkseid, then that can minimize that competition with Thanos in Avengers Infinity War in 2018. They'll have a year jump on a guy that's 
somewhat similar in appearance and things like that. But so, but they need to they need to knock it out of the park with the casting on both characters, on Thanos yeah. and him, because well, they're going to have to be CGI. What? Well, yeah, and but should be anyways. I'm not going to have to be because they'll probably not do it. But you can do a mixture, probably. Dark Seed or Dark Side, whatever. He has to be massive. But Thanos, when when you watch Guardians of the Galaxy two, you look at him, it's like, eh, that's pretty much Dark Side. Uh yeah. So and and that's kind of the thing. They might just not even do Dark Side and just go Brainiac. You know, like Brainiac, yeah, that's a good one. Um and they can bring in other characters. They can kill know. Superman and, and, and <laughs> with um I, they ultimately the, need to lead up to that in one of those movies. I'm sorry, but you can kill Superman Justice League Part One with with Doomsday and then you can bring him back in Justice League Part Two. Yeah, um, there's no fucking Superman. death of Superman, you know, for all the shitstorm that followed that, you know, pretty much crushed comics because everybody went out and the general, you know, I mean, it wasn't just it wasn't just the death of Superman that was the death of comics. It was, you know, all the variant covers and you know everybody and their mother bagging and boarding comics, and I did it too, you know, in the nineties. But anyways. It's Still. such a, it's it's been such a great example of Superman, this character that's so hard to write for, and he's invincible. He's this. He's that. You've got somebody that can kill him, and he knows when he gets back up off the ground that last time and walks away from Lois, he knows he's a dead man. That's that's the way I perceived it, anyways. That was my perception looking at that big panel, that full page panel, and. He he walked back over there and he did what he had to do. He knew it that that this was it. This was his moment. He had to stop Doomsday at the cost of his life, you know. And it was it was the best. Ex- yeah, he's died a time or two in the comics, several times, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever. This was the one that really sold it that he's he will sacrifice everything for the people he loves, and that's why he's a hero. It's not because he's the powers, you know. And it, and they didn't even have to depower him to do it. They didn't have to go the route of well, Clark Kent sacrificed himself without any powers. No, Clark Kent sacrificed himself with his full power set, but it was against a threat that was that was dangerous to him, and that could stop him and permanently. And yeah, they kind of retroactively got beat into some sort of Kryptonian coma, but he died. I'm, that's just the way it was. At the end of Superman seventy-five, he was dead. Period. No fans or buts about what happened later. And it was excellent. So, show the audiences, you know, this character. Because I, I still hear it, even from, like, people that aren't in the comic books, like I am my wife. She, she's a huge Superman fan, but even she has said it, you know, and she's not a comic book fan, but she loves Superman. It, it, he could be boring, because you know he's never going to get hurt. There's That risk factor's not there. Um, and it was kind of there in Man of Steel a little bit, because... The other Kryptonians, but you really didn't know if they could even if they were strong enough to kill each other because of how power how, how much invulnerability do they have, and I think they need to they probably need to try that in the Justice League movies. Maybe that's how um, Superman can make up for destroying Metropolis. Sacrifice himself for it. Yeah, I don't think they wrote the script that he was destroying Metropolis like that. I think they just failed to 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 hit all the right shots and. 
to add the few little scenes to show that that's not what he was doing that he didn't have a choice it was just a it was a it was a the portrayal wasn't quite there I don't think that was their intent but that's what it looked like he never wants to perception of pretty yeah exactly that's he the perception he the no no he never nothing and they could have done that in one freaking scene one three second scene of him trying to fly away with what's his face and then holding on to him or something and him exactly. elbow dropping him in the guts and knocking him out or something and putting him back in the city and and Zod was awesome. Don't get me wrong. And Michael Shannon could have been like, you know, we're going. No, we're not going to go up to, to the sky and fight. We're going to do it right here, where all these people you love are at. And blah blah blah. You know, they could have done it like that. The setup for Superman Two was perfect. When yeah, when Superman walked out there and he screamed at Zod, the people. Yeah. But they didn't. They didn't even do that. He never. That's a director's fault. Yeah. That's Snyder not giving a shit about the story. No, he wanted to show the coolest fight scene he could show. So in my mind, I just said, well, everybody ran from the big machine and smashing shit. <laughs> so it was mostly in the city. They could have done that. They could have had fucking Superman kind of use his x-ray vision for a second or two. I mean, I'm not saying I can make a better movie, but these are the faults that I can recognize, and that's what I saw. Other than that, I thought the movie was, was pretty good. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of all the flashbacks, but... Um, and then the other big failure, here we are on Superman again, was John Kent. It's kind of like Batman doesn't quit. John Kent would give anything to save another person. I, I don't care. He would he would let the world know that Clark was Superman, that he was Kryptonian, the whole nine yards if it meant saving a life. That's what he would do. And they they completely just got that character wrong too. So, But anyways, moving back to... Shazam with the rock. Shazam with the rock. I would have loved to have seen him play either character, but him playing Black Adam is going to be pretty good, I think. Hell yeah. See the rock turn heel again? It should be awesome. When I was reading the original 52, and Black Adam had the... I don't remember who it was, but he had the guy and he was holding up by the throat, and he just ripped him in two, and he had that look on his face. I was like, damn, that could be the rock. Yeah. About like ten years later, I finally got to rock, and I didn't yeah, want him to play Suzanne. I wanted him to play Black Adam. Yeah, I prefer him as Black Adam. I think he can do the one, but I prefer him as Black Adam. And on a little side note on this one, this is not part of the continuity of Superman Batman franchise. Oh, really? No, this is being done by New Line, I think. So it's actually like a Vertigo title. That's so, kind of a mistake. So they can do whatever they want to with it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, but... I, I would have loved to have seen Shazam throw it Black out. Adam could be an excellent bad guy for anybody. So, but, okay. Captain Marvel. Avengers Infinity War 2. Yeah, more Thanos. Yeah, more so, Thanos. Cyborg and Green Lantern 2020. Yeah. I hope they hire new writers and get a good villain for Green Lantern. I don't really see a cyborg movie making that much money. No. But who knows? Who knows? Hey, Benny. Who knows? And the last piece of news we have is, uh, well, us. there's a shitload of games coming out next week. Oh, my God. We got, um, just off the top of my head, it's GTA 5. Um, the yeah, not Little Big Planet 
Little Big Planet three. That's those are pretty good. I haven't played one of those in a while though. Isn't Far Cry four and Call of Duty coming out the same day? I'm looking for a release schedule here. I think so, November eighteenth. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. So. And then you have um, WWE two K fifteen. So a lot of that. Uh, that if I had to buy one of them, I would probably buy two K fifteen. But that's really it. I like the little big planet games, but I can never finish them. That's me. They're good, but it's just. Again, I'll never finish them. Now, we did try out the 2.0... The one I buy. Yeah. We, we did try out the 2.0 update last night. And uh, it kind of works, the the uh, share play. Yeah, I think that was more of a connection issue on my... On the upload. Um, <laughs> the upload shit. Yeah, when you hosted, I didn't have any issues. And when... I hosted Alien Isolation for you. It dropped in and out. It, but it, it looked one like thing was good. Is it automatically reconnected, and it was very smooth as far as that went. I was very surprised that we didn't have to go back into a menu and hit a button and do all this other stuff to get through it. It just automatically reconnected. And it helps when you have PlayStation Plus. Ah, uh, yeah, because my uh, well, my subscription died right at the minute we hit share play. So. Um, you played, you played the story, which is, morning, so maybe share plays better. We just haven't had a chance to try it out. I mean, it's good. It's a cool feature. I mean, you don't have to use it if you don't like it. You know, people's going to spaz out. It's dumb, uh, but don't use it if you don't like it. I think it's pretty neat. So, uh, I'll probably buy Shadows of Mordor in the near future because I I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, we uh, we share play Shadow of Mordor. That's at the top of a lot of people's list for. Game of the Year. Um, you played maybe 30 minutes of it? Yeah. You played it... Um, I finished a game where you were maxed out almost on your power, and you played it... You, you did a Metroid. You had your powers, and you lost it. Yeah. Overall, you're like, well, 30 minutes, what did you... What did you take um, away from it? I thought the combat was... was Better than say Assassin's Creed. It was. It didn't feel clunky, like Assassin's Creed. Uh, a couple times on the quick time events that you had, like that last chance when you lose all your health and you get that last opportunity to defeat your opponent, it goes to like a little quick time event. I felt that maybe the internet connection was the reason that I wasn't quite hitting that X button or the triangle button at the right time. Um, so I mean, it looked like there was lag on that side because it looked yeah, it seemed like it made the QTEs just a little bit. Difficult there. I it looked like you were about one one second off because it it shouldn't have gone the way it, it did. Yeah, because I didn't get one right. <laughs> yeah, not one. And I I spent the afternoon helping my six year old play Jurassic Park the game, which is a quick time game, and I didn't miss a thing. So I would say it was a little bit of network lag, but it only seemed like it was lagging on the quick times. Um, that was it, and that may be my internet provider. So. Uh, um, moving around, like the climbing, it was pretty good, pretty straightforward, you know, like Assassin's Creed. Um, one thing I don't like is your right joystick, when you press left or you press right to rotate your camera, like if you give it a little tap, like you're just wanting to kind of adjust your view a little bit in a small increment, 
it's pre-programmed how far that camera moves. Like if I tap left and just give it a quick snap, it's going to turn like, I don't know, an eighth of the way around. That might be lag too on... Um, and that could be lag too. I don't know. Well, lag or overcompensation on, on the... Any, I don't, it's not emulation. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but... It's a, uh, it's a peer-to-peer would, system, but... I would say it's kind of like they're picking up packets from me on the control input and they're streaming it not unlike Wii U streams to the second screen, if I had to guess. They're streaming still, the signal and all the processing is being done on your end, if still, I had to guess. It's still a hell of a lot. It's still cool. Well, it's neat, yeah, and I like the feature. So it's going to let me play more games... And it's going to cost a few developers some money because, well, I'm sorry, if you make a shit product, I'm not going to buy it. And if you make a good product, I'm going to buy it if I share play it and it's excellent. Yeah, so and now... I'm likely to spend money at an earlier time because I'm one of these guys that tends to wait for most games to come down to 30 bucks or 20 bucks or 40 bucks. But Shadow of Mordor, I wanted to run out and get it. Like, I want to go out today and buy it. I'm not going to because, you know... I've got a backlog, and I'll just go ahead and wait. But it did make me want to buy. And who's to say that if I walk if I walk by it this weekend at Walmart or something, that impulse is going to be strong because I know it's a good game. I'm going to grab it. So I think it's for developers that put their time in and try to make a good product. It's going to be a huge benefit. I think they're going to get extra sales out of it. Um, for people that don't want to wait for their friends to get back online so they can finish share playing, I I guess like adults and. Uh, and if you make a shit product and you don't have a demo available because there's always been the you know, belief that demos can hurt developers, but if you're making a shit product, then that's just your problem. It ain't the demo's fault. It's just the fact that you didn't make a great product. Well, so it's, it's a double-edged sword, but for the consumer, it's win-win, period. Well, one game I'm not going to buy is the game that we play shared last night, Alien Isolation. It's like that. And why is that? Every two weeks, I open up my paycheck, and it's fucking scary. I don't need to do that when I come home and I play a game. <laughs> so what you're saying is the game accomplished its mission and made a, a, a terrifying experience that was immersive, so... Yeah, you don't like feeling yeah, disempowered. Like no. You play games to feel empowered and to relieve stress and enjoy yourself. Yes. That's, that's why right. I, play on, I play games on PC on God mode, so that's not a problem. Exactly. And I can enjoy the story. Yes. Uh, Paul played... Um, I love you too, buddy. I'll be down in just a minute. Oh, I love you too, Scott. <laughs> All right, I'll be here in just a minute, okay? <laughs> well, you go get those Velociraptors. So, anyways, um, we're alive, folks. The, uh, yeah, I've got to, I got to wrap it up here shortly. I got kids, but the um, Paul played Last Survivor, which is a DLC, and basically it threw him right in there with the wolf. Um, he played it on easy mode, but he was still in there with the wolf. And uh, you start out with a little bit of fuel in your flamethrower and a couple of items. You can't. You don't really get enough materials to craft a whole lot of stuff for your distractions. Things. You get a couple of flares that you find around if you search. And Paul was walking towards the ladder. It drops down into the actual area where the gameplay is going to occur. And his motion tracker beeped, and he instantly reacted. 
you know, he was immersed. Uh, even though he was streaming at 720, and I'm actually thinking it probably downgraded it even more the way he described the picture. It looked like Windows Media Player 7. Yes, it. that's the other thing about SharePlay. Paul's connection to me, it looked like a 720. It looked pretty good. His did not sound like it looked as good because I was streaming to him. But back to the game, he was still immersed. The sound is excellent and everything. The motion tracker gave one little beep, and Paul instantly had that reaction of, oh, shit. And that is what they were working on. I mean, I've played 100 Alien games, and I've always had a little bit of tension I could feel when I'd hear the motion tracker start. I was walking out the cockpit. As soon as the motion tracker went off, I said, fuck this, and I turned around and went back into the cockpit. <laughs> I didn't walk yeah, back yeah. He did an about face and retreated. And then I explained to him that the actual, it doesn't really kick off till he goes through this one door. You know, the, the, the script doesn't have the characters get killed by the alien that's down in the ship already. But you got surprised a little bit, too, because you, you forgot that we had just mentioned it 15 minutes earlier that your controller still rumbles on your end even though you're not playing the game. And the static comes over the built-in speaker yeah. on the PS4 control and the beep. So, yeah, it kind of even made me jump just a hair, but even with Paul there, it was even with someone in his headset, it was it was scary. Yeah. But uh, in closing real quick, um, is there anything? Well, okay, Smash Brothers Wii U. Uh, you get to fulfill one of your fantasies. A lot of our fantasies, it's a sick fantasy, but we get to beat the shit out of a dog. I'm telling you, man, I'm going to beat that dog relentlessly. I'm going to just load it up and repeatedly pound that dog. And the, Nintendo probably jerks and make him invincible. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, the uh, classic character of, I don't know if he has a name, the uh, dog from Duck Hunt, is going to be a playable character in Smash Brothers Wii U and 3DS as well? Yes. So, um, I'm not sure. When does that come out? Is it later this year? November 21st, maybe? When does Smash Brothers Wii U come out? Is it the same November, day? I think the 21st or the 18th. It's here in a couple weeks. I mean, it's already out on 3DS, but the Wii U version's got a few extra features. Yeah. So, but was the um, DLC coming out the same day? I don't remember reading anything about. Either way, I'm sure a lot of people will get it. And they will be happy to do what they need to do. Um, is there anything else we need to cover before we go? Uh, game of the year. Uh, currently, I, I say we will finalize our game of the year. Probably that would be our January show. We'll have yeah, like. We'll a, just talk about the candidates right now. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we're looking at. Hey, these are yours, and I haven't had a chance to. Well, go over yours real quick. Uh, my. I tried to narrow it down to five. Um, I was going to narrow it down to six because there's another game that's pretty good. Uh, it's strange. I haven't... Of what I've actually played, I'll narrow it down to five. Um, what I anticipate is going to be a front-runner as soon as I pick it up is Bayonetta 2, but I haven't played it yet. But, I mean, I'm sure it's going to win some game of the years because of the Metacritic. But, it's, so, it's but I can't really, Yeah, it's, it's high. It's very high. And everybody's just 
gushing over that game. But I'm going to narrow it down to five since I haven't played Bayonetta 2. Um, Strider on PS4 yeah, that's uh, is Paul's, and I have to agree that it is a strong candidate. Um, precise control. Uh, you know, the, the combat's fun. I think the I think the characters the ones that you just spend most of the game chopping up I think they could have used a little better a little more variety and better design but I mean the platforming parts the the way he moves the way you maneuver around the environment it's excellent the boss fights are big and huge and, and they kind of remind you well the old Strider games or Contra or something like that they're big awesome fights uh, Dark Souls two um, again I mean it's just it's difficulty and pain. Uh, very difficult, good combat system, you know, big big world, lots of awesome enemies to fight. Game is excellent. Um, but I mean it's tough. So and that's what I like. I like I like a little challenge. Um, Shovel Knight come out on Wii U Steam. It's out on everything. Yeah, I think it's I think it has an impending PlayStation and Microsoft release. It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, but I don't I don't know what the dates on that are. Um, is is fantastic old school retro uh, platforming. Uh, the save being able to save your progress kind of defeats the challenge a little bit, but it can be challenging. It's just you can start pretty soon. You don't have that whole well you're out of three lives you gotta start start completely back to the beginning. But it can be beaten a couple hours in one sitting. And but it's you know it's 15 bucks and I think it's an excellent game and it's got an excellent soundtrack. Mario Kart 8, I uh, bought it in release day, and yes, the battle mode isn't all that, but everything else is just excellent. The uh, online connectivity is fast, the online racing is fast and fun, even with my sudden link internet, uh, I don't seem like internet lag or anything is the issues when I'm losing or whatever. And there will be the occasional drop game, but it's very rare. So it's a very solid game. has a pretty good frame rate, you know, for the graphics people. Of course, I guess it's not 1080p, 60 frames per second all the time. But, you know, it's a beautiful game. Great art direction. Great yeah, soundtrack. Awesome Luigi memes. The, yeah, the Luigi thing alone is awesome, what it's generated. The YouTube functionality is quick. It is... Uh, very simple, and it gives you a video editor that lets you edit your videos and change, you know, your camera angles, things like that. That's really? been, oh yeah, and it's uh. two or three button presses, and you can upload your entire, because it generates an automatic highlight, and you can upload that directly. Just as soon as your race is over, you hit your button, and you can load it to your YouTube account. Was and that recently added? Because why are these people just putting the camera up to the TV set? I do not know because that's that that was a launch feature. Okay. So it's it's it the integration is very well done. Plus you get the editor. So you got your automatically generated uh, highlight reel that you can just upload to your account. I have one on my YouTube account um, if you want to look at it. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's a great feature. And then most importantly, the gameplay is excellent. Uh, the Balance is there. Yeah, the heavier characters are a little bit. They're a little bit of an advantage, but I mean, you get your weapons, you get tight corners, uh, drifting right. 
the tracks, yes, they're updated versions of old school tracks, but they're all they're all pretty good. I've heard some people complain a little bit about Rainbow Road, but I mean, you're splitting hairs at this point, guys. I mean, the co the amount of content and the amount of fun, the amount of time that you can put into this game for sixty bucks and well, cheaper now if you can find it, um, is just is is through through the roof. Um, complaints about Mario Kart 8 is the person in first place almost always gets a coin, which is useless when they go through a question mark box. So a lot of times they they don't have a way of defending themselves um, from the other 10 people trying to shoot them in the back or 11 people. Uh, but, I mean, that's... I really can't think of anything else. Is rubber banding an issue? I do, I do not feel that rubber banding is an issue. I've played 150cc and... Yeah, I mean, you're going to have that one or two that's kind of close, but it, I find myself being able to put some distance between them, so it's it's the best rubber banding that Mario Kart's had. It's not like Mario Kart 64 or SNES where you just could not escape. They were rubber banded to you. This one, I feel like I can put some distance between them. But they're going to make it up because, you know, there's blue shells and things like that. But instead of it feeling like the AI is making the character run on rails, it actually feels like the other NPCs are actually racing and having to use the same physics that you are. So that's what I like. Because other games, it just seemed like their cars were on rails if they were behind you. And there was no getting away from them. So Mario Kart 8, likely going to be my pick, but there's a few more games to play this year. And my last one in my top five uh, is Alien Isolation. But me, I like that feeling of terror and dread and... and uh, <laughs> Be that that tightness that was in my chest every time I saw the Fox logo pop up. I believe Alien Isolation has ruined every Fox movie I watch from this point. When the Fox logo pops up, I'm going to I feel that tension because of Alien Isolation, and uh, it's uh, kind of like the first time I turned on Alien trilogy and Fox the Fox tune back on PS One and Sega Saturn days. It would kind of for a few weeks after that I would hear that tune and it would just kind of oh shit tension, but Alien Isolation is tight. I mean, the graphics are pretty good. Um, the environments are amazing. And this is just on PS4. I mean, PC is bound to look unbelievable. But just on PS4, you have amazing environments, very pretty good lighting, uh, pretty good atmospheric effects. Uh, the water looks pretty good for the most part, other than when it gets disturbed, they use a texture rather than a physics model to disturb the surface of the water. Uh, but the water on its own moves well. Graphically, very good. Um, story, I thought was pretty good. Uh, I like the ending. Some people didn't like the ending, but that's the ending that game needed to have because that's just the way aliens roll. Um, <laughs> control, pretty tight. Being able to peek around corners, which you didn't get to do that last night. I didn't tell you about hitting your, your peek button. You hold in your uh, L1 and you can peek around corners and over top of things. It's a pretty good function. Um, AI, the artificial intelligence is unreal. Um, as your difficulty level increases, it's tethered to you at a shorter distance, so it detects you better. But its actual hunting patterns and things, it seems like it... It just... Every time I died, I knew the mistake I made. I've heard some people say, oh, it's unfair, it's this. I've got 30 hours in the game, and I... I, I, I hate to say that people aren't being exactly truthful, but I think they're lying to themselves saying, I know I hit that button or I know I did this, I know I did that. I can name every mistake I made every time. I knew what I did wrong. Um, just like last night, Paul was playing it, 
and it was getting close. He heard the footsteps, and he panicked. <laughs> I didn't press that button. I know what he did. He smashed the control without realizing he did it because he was trying to just do anything to survive, and that alien got him. Um, those are the moments that game creates, and there's been there's a lot of cat and mouse, and there's some surprise kills. You know, you 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 feel like you may not see them coming, but I mean, you got this huge station to explore. You got a, a very simple crafting system, and I like that. You don't have time to get into all this other stuff. Uh, it needs to be quick and simple, and maybe it could use a little bit of refinement. But I think the crafting system worked just fine. The um, but the atmosphere is just unreal. It's you can almost it, you can just reach out and touch the atmosphere. The um, combat against the humans, even even though you have a firearm, it's it's not far off from real combat because it's basically who puts the sights on the other guy first. Um, if you don't, if you miss your first shot, a lot of times you're done. So it's hard to get a follow up. Uh, the android combat, they they can be very tough if you don't have the right tools, and they stalk you and they just they walk. But it's kind of like the Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers thing. I understand why them just walking allows them to catch people because you don't always have a you always have to change direction or you're in a maze essentially. They can track you down just by walking, and you're trying to run which when the alien's around is a bad thing because you make enough noise it comes to get you. But the game is just, I think it's top-notch. I think it's one of the best games I've played in the last 10 years. Um, but so some of the other ones. So right now that's your forerunner? It's a toss-up between Mario Kart and Alien Isolation. Probably leaning towards Mario Kart because of the co-op. Being able to sit down with my kids and play, but Definitely. They're both excellent. For just a single-player experience, I would go with Alien Isolation. If I was going to say co-op was more important than Mario Kart 8. But the other games are definitely in the running, and I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on Bayonetta 2. Yeah. Yeah, me too, eventually. But, uh, really, that's pretty much it. There's no wrestling news, because wrestling's pretty lame right now. Until The Rock comes back. Let's hit on DLC before we go, uh, if you got time. I got time. I got nothing to do. All right, I got just a few more minutes here. Uh, we'll save some of our other topics for the next one. Um, DLC done right. It's kind of the kind of the thing. Uh, a lot of times, you know, DLC is just it's expensive for the amount of time that you get out of the content. Um, you get. A few minutes or an hour for fifteen dollars. I mean, it's ridiculous uh, most of the time. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with DLC because I don't have to buy it, but I need DLC that's going to make me want it. Okay. Now, at the one end of the spectrum for DLC, you have The Witcher Three, and they have sixteen free DLC packs, hmm. and they're not going to charge for any of those. And you're going to get characters, costumes, quests, and horse armor, which kind of refers to the Skyrim controversy of paying $2.50 for armor to put on your horse that does nothing. It's, it was completely aesthetic. And I think that's kind of them making a statement against DLC in general. Because you know I think DLC is okay, but I want expansion packs. We want we need to return to expansion packs to where you pay a fair price for a fair amount of content. Um, 
I remember playing like Red Alert and buying the expansion packs like Counter Strike. I think it was called Aftermath. You got a lot of missions, a lot of new units, a lot of content, or balance of power that went with the X-wing versus Tie Fighters games. You got a lot of content, a lot of missions for fifteen, twenty, thirty dollars, just depending. Witcher Three is a complete opposite of spectrum because it's all free. That's good. Then you have your value DLC, which is like Mario Kart 8. You have $12 if you pre-order their DLC. If you pre-order both of them, it costs you $12. But what you get is you had a $60 game. You spent, this is your 100% is your $60 game. Then you spend 12 more dollars on DLC and you get an entire 50% more of a game. You get 16 tracks, 6 characters, 8 new carts, and then they had a patch in August that was it was sponsored by Mercedes, but it gave you three cars. And while the SUV one kind of looks out of place, like the little Roadster, it fit the game. So there were some free carts, and you're going to get half the tracks, a significant number of characters and carts, and for $12. And that's, that's a really, really good value. Now, after the DLC comes out, which it comes out Thursday on the 13th, it goes up to $16. But even at $16, you're still getting 50% of a $60 game for $16. That is a really, really good value. And then you have your Amiibos. Yeah, they're they're $12 or $12.99 or $11.99 a piece, um, but they work with multiple games. They're DLC, kind of like the Skylanders, but instead of, you know, you get characters in games, you get weapons, costumes, things like that. And it's a physical collectible on top of it. So, And it's something you don't have to buy. You, the game is 100% complete without Amiibo, basically. The Amiibo functionality is, is, is a part of the Amiibo thing. It's part of the appeal to the Amiibo. But you're not really missing anything if you don't buy the Amiibos. So I'm going to buy a few. I think I'm, I want a Samus Aran and Link and things like that, but I think that's a really good DLC. And the last bit of DLC... I'm not a huge fan of the season passes, um, things like that, uh, but the Alien Isolation DLC is a is a $30 for their season pass. Uh, if you buy all their DLCs separately, it'll run you $40. The thing is, is there's five packs coming out, and they're survivor maps, but they kind of got a little bit of a story, and they show you the perspective of other characters. I mean, they're not real in-depth stories, but there's, on average initial playthrough of about three to four hours of gameplay rumored, rumored, and so far with the first pack that's out it's been about three hours of gameplay on average from what I've read. You get three hours of gameplay for each one of those. So if you get 15 hours of gameplay, you've basically got another game, because um, Alien Isolation is between 15 and 20 hours, just depending on how much how terrified you are and how much you want, time you want to spend in the lockers. So that's a little more closer to the other end of the spectrum where it starts getting a little expensive, but you're basically almost getting another game for 30 bucks, Almost. And some people are going to finish those maps faster than others because some people are just pro, and that value might not be there for them. But for me, I know it's probably going to take me two and a half to three and a half hours to do each one because I'm just average. So there's value there. So that's, that's the, the good side of the DLC. It's not or horse armor. You can be like The Witcher 3 and just get all free DLC. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The thing, uh, back to Mario Kart and back to um, Alien, and I don't know 
if Witcher 3 is using on-disc DLC, which if it's free, who cares? But the Alien DLC is actually a multi-gigabyte download. So it's not on-disc DLC. Same for Mario Kart. It's it's not on-disc. This is stuff that's being patched in and developed uh, now. So that's that's really interesting. And that's, that's nice to get everything free. But I would say Witcher 3 just did what many companies do and pulled assets from their current game to give you free DLC. It's 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 not going to cost them very much. So, but it's a little bit different than the um, Master Chief Edition where your day one patch is 50 gigs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Day one patches. Man. Yeah, 50 gigs for a day one patch. Plus, you have 50 gigs already installed for the game. Yeah, so... So either they didn't finish the fucking game, or... They didn't beta test it very long, maybe. Or this is all the um, the packs. The, uh, the maps, I mean, not the packs. All the DLC? Maybe, I don't know. Um, we'll have to see. So, but yeah, they um, won't patch us. I mean, fixing I minor issues is one thing. But when you got a 50 gig day one patch, it just makes you wonder. I only know one person with a Xbox One, you know him too. Yeah, and I haven't heard anything about it from him. So I don't talk to him. Yeah, he hasn't said much. He, if I'm on my my account, he's typically on his 360. So, yeah. Um, Did, does well, it look like we dodged part of the games? Yeah, does it look like we dodged a bullet with Destiny? Yeah, I think I dodged a bullet with Destiny because my initial impression, I was like, wow, I'm going to enjoy this when I played the demo. And then I thought, well, being a veteran of the MMO things from Warcraft and Star Wars Galaxies and stuff like that, I knew that initially there's going to be a lot of patching these done, a lot of balancing, so I didn't want to waste time learning to play a certain way for it just to change in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And everything I've read and watched on Destiny is it has good functional core gameplay. It doesn't have the content or the areas to cover to make a good use of that. So I think the gunplay itself is good, but I don't know. Maybe pick it up next year after they've added a bunch more stuff. I guess there is some news on the wrestling front. WWE Network is free this month, and it's this week is ECW week. They had their show last night, the ECW Exposed, whatever the hell it was. And it was really, it was, it was pretty good. It was Paul Heyman, and Joy Styles basically just shitting on the current WWE product. Wow. Yeah. And they were making Heyman and Paul do stupid skits for the show, which was flat out WWE wanting to do that. Uh huh. It totally did not go over, and they flat out called WWE on them making them do that while they were live. Oh, wow. But there's going to be, it's, that should still be on the network. Um, there should be, like 47 episodes just posted this week of ECW TV and three other events like CyberSlam 96, uh, some November to it's like two other ones. So that should be pretty good. But just to show you real quick how great WWE is and, and how they take care of their fans and their talent, uh, Daniel Bryan's out for an injury. Everybody knows that. Big Show came out for a SmackDown taping. And he told everybody in the audience that Daniel Bryan is 
the recovery's not going as great as they thought it would be, so he may need another surgery, so he may be out longer. But let's show everybody that we still support and care about Daniel Bryan, and they did the yes chant. Nice little thing to do for Daniel Bryan, right? Yes, Vince McMahon, McMahon cuts a promo telling everybody that for you know, this month of November, the WWE Network is free. You get all the shows, everything on the network, including Survivor Series, will be absolutely free. And then he does the little yes chant. Now, come to SmackDown. What did they do? They completely cut out every single thing about Daniel Bryan. Just use the yes chant right after McMahon cuts his promo to make it look like everybody was cheering for the 999 bullshit being free instead of giving a fuck about Daniel Bryan. Thank you, Vince McMahon. You're a top-notch guy. Appreciate it. Yeah, I tapped out of wrestling 2000. Yeah. I occasionally follow it off and on, but I just can't... I don't know. I guess it's nostalgia. I just can't connect to any of the, the, the stable that's not from the 80s and early 90s. I just can't connect to them. They don't... They don't. Everybody's carbon copy. They're all cookie cutter. I mean, well, once they admitted freely that it was scripted and it was storylines and everything else, then you know a lot of the character, which you know maybe our generation now, you know maybe the 2000s, 2014s can't accept characters like Earthquake or uh, the Undertaker's in there because of the old school. But think about trying to introduce that character today. If he hadn't existed, it just may not. It may not fly. He, his legacy was built in the 80s and 90s. Well, and and that's the. It's just the way people are. They 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 want everything a certain way. So everybody's got the same tattoos, yeah. the same look, the same clothes, the same promos, the same. And that's how I feel. I mean, I hardly feel like anybody's different. Like Daniel Bryan. I mean, I've watched him a few times, and you know the beard and all that stuff. It was pretty interesting. I like watching him. He's a good technician, but you know, it's just. I can't connect. I don't know what it is. I guess maybe I've just never grown up. I guess that's why I still play retro games. But um, yeah, I just don't. The problem don't connect is, to them. It's all it's it's the same bullshit every week. Yeah. The people that the fans want to push, they don't want to push them because they do not look like what they want to present as the WWE product. Which yeah. in the '80s, you have the territory system. You did not create your own star as much as Vince loves to say he did. He didn't. You stole. Hogan from Minnesota, you stole Piper from Portland, you stole Savage from Florida. You didn't create these guys. So you still had the system to create completely different characters that they owned, they created. They were these people. And now yeah. you're just giving people a script and saying this is your character instead of letting them be who they are. Every now and then you will see some people who will break out of the mode and, and say, you know what, fuck you, I'm going to do my thing. Just give me the bulletin points and I'll do it. But those are people who are left over from our generation. Jericho. When he's there, don't, he's not going to read a fucking script. No. Bulletin points and I'll do it. That's why he can still get over the way he does. I don't know. They're like the Fox Studios of the wrestling world. It's, 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 it's all meddling. It's all crap. Yeah. But I think this show's gone on long enough for episode one. If you're still listening to the show, you must be at your job, so congratulations. I hope we made your last, what, hour and a half, two hours a little bit more bearable. Um, 
do not expect this to be a weekly show or a bi-weekly show. We'll do what we can. But it shouldn't be too much of a problem. But they oh. will not be this long. I hope uh, I hope the one or two people that ever hear this enjoy it. Uh, I had fun, so do it again. Yeah. So for uh, Scott Edwards, this is Paul Wolford. Uh, I guess you should go to scottandpaul.com. Scott and Paul show. Oh, Scott and Paul show. Yeah, you may get something else different. It might be. <laughs> they might have more fun than we do. So uh, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>